Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the Gospel for this weekend, we are still with Jesus on that mountaintop. He is still teaching us the Beatitudes and the blueprint of the Christian life. For the past two weeks, he's given us the new law to be Christians. Well, this week he tells us the consequence of not following the law. If you look at some of the great saints of our church, St. Augustine, Bonaventure, Benedict, St. Francis, they always talked about the spiritual danger or spiritual warfare of what sin requires. Sin requires a radical response on our part to combat that, those spiritual dangers. Therefore, we must look upon this weekend's gospel with all seriousness. Notice how Jesus begins. He says, Do you think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets? I've come not to abolish but to fulfill the law. You could say Jesus is deepening the teaching of the Old Testament prophets. The Old Testament prophets focused on actions, the external actions, and how those commit sin. Well, Jesus now, you could say he turns it up a notch. He looks at the interior spirituality. And see, that's the source of our actions. You know, I was once talking to a priest, and the priest, he was a good friend of mine, his comment about this gospel was that Jesus doesn't intend to just trap the mice, but instead he wants to know where the mice are getting in. Well, that, I, spe- I think, speaks at the very heart of the message for this gospel. For the past few weeks, Jesus spoke to us about the new law regarding Christianity, how to live a good Christian life. Well, now he teaches us about sin and how radical sin can be in our life. More to it, how a radical response is required of us to eradicate sin out of our lives. A good analogy is one of a story about a few years ago. You probably remember it. It's a story about a young girl. She was surfing off the waters of the coast of California. Suddenly, she was attacked by a shark, and the shark grabbed her by the arm and dragged her underneath the water. For a split second, this young girl thought, that if she didn't do something, the shark would kill her. It called for a radical response, a radical act upon her part. While she was underwater and under the grasp of the shark, she began to beat the shark in the face with her free arm. And at the same time, she began to kick at the shark's eyes so that the shark would release her. But as she was doing this, the shark clamped down on her arm and severed her arm completely off. Well, she had the presence of mind to make it to the surface of the water and then find help and was eventually rescued. Well, in this case, this girl was faced with a radical situation that required a radical response on her part in order to live. It was interesting. About two or three weeks after the girl was rescued, she was on talk show hosts. 
And she described the events. And she described it in just that way. She said it required a radical response on her behalf. As the shark attacked her, and not only severed her arm, but then to make it to the surface and be able to swim and survive with just one arm. She said it required a radical response on her behalf in order to survive, and she did. Well, I think that's what Jesus is getting at for this weekend. Notice the gospel. It comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 37. Again, we're still up on that mountain with Christ. The past two weeks, Jesus has been teaching us his vision of Christianity, teaching us what we must do to be authentic Christians. Well, now he's teaching us what we must not do, what we must avoid, which is sin itself. Jesus, here he's focused on the interiority of our spiritual life, and that is where the root of our behavior comes from. That is where sin lies, in the interior disposition of who we are. That's at the root of our soul. It is from there that our actions come from, good or bad. It's where our behavior lies, such that our behavior supports the will of God and the teachings of Christ and his church, or our behavior is contradictory to the teachings of Christ and God's will. Notice what Jesus says, Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. See, that's how radical sin is. There's something that we can not just talk about in passing or laugh off as a joke. Sin has a direct consequence on the morality of our souls. It requires a radical response on our behalf to avoid it and to help others avoid it themselves. Now, this talk can be a bit unsettling or make us feel uncomfortable. But if you study the gospel, countless times do you read, Jesus using this type of hard language, you could say to shock us into the reality of sin and what it does to us. Just take a few examples from the gospel. Jesus says, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go to Gehenna. Well, we use our hands to reach out and grab things, don't we? Well, in sacred scripture, Where do you see people doing that firsthand, reaching out and grasping at things, especially things that don't belong to them? Well, the story of creation, Genesis, Adam and Eve grasping at the fruit, the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Original sin is ushered into this world, not by simply eating the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, But instead, original sin was ushered into this world by the very act of grasping for that fruit. You see, Adam and Eve, they reached out and they grabbed at that fruit because they saw God as a rival, who was keeping them down, keeping them from becoming gods themselves. Therefore, by that act of grasping for that fruit, they saw this was a way to make themselves equal to God. And see, that continues in our own day and age. People grasping at God in the form of, we could say, moral relativism. You know, people see themselves as the sole arbiter of what is morally right and wrong, rather than God. You know, in the past, we always looked to the church. 
We always look to God for the teachings of the moral life. God always told us the laws, always told us what was good and what was evil. Well, now you see this so very prevalent in our culture and around the world, this moral relativism in which people say, no, God, you don't determine what is good and evil in my life. Instead, I do. I determine that. And so when that happens, it becomes a very slippery slope. Each person's moral life is dependent upon their own beliefs. Therefore, my moral life is different from yours, which is different from another person's and another person's. It doesn't rely upon God. Therefore, we can justify any act or any behavior. A great example of this is what we refer to as cafeteria-style Catholics. You know, they pick and choose what they want to believe or accept in the church's teachings and what they don't want to believe. You know, if this is the case, then these individuals are the sole arbiters of what is morally right and wrong in the world. They are, you could say, grasping at God. And if this is the case, as Jesus teaches us in the gospel, what's required? A radical act on our part to spiritually cut off that hand. Stop seeing God as a rival. Instead, see and recognize God as the sole arbiter of what is morally right and wrong in this world and in our life, and then follow it. Notice Jesus says also, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown in Gehenna. Well, I always argue, baptism is the second greatest event in our life. The first greatest event is when we see the beatific vision, when we come face to face with God. Our whole spiritual life is about looking for and seeing the presence of God in this world. But if our eyes are distracted by the lure of this world, whatever it may be, fame, fortune, notoriety, power, honor, Well, it requires a radical act on our part. Spiritually, we must tear our eye out. Look away from those things like the saints. Keep our lives completely focused on God. Our attention is solely focused on God and God alone instead of this world. More to it, we focus on God and the world to come that God promises us. In doing so, each and every day of our life, We strive to make our lives worthy of the great gift of the promise of salvation and eternal life that God gives us. And so the gospel for this weekend really blends well with the gospels that we've heard from the past two weeks. The past two weeks, Jesus sets up the blueprint of the Christian life. Now he tells us or teaches us about the moral life. The moral life is rooted in our interior disposition. Do we see God as a rival? Or do we see God as God himself, the arbiter of what is morally good and evil? And we align our will to the will of God. We follow God's teachings. We avoid sin. And we recognize how radical sin is. And that it it requires a radical response on our behalf. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.